At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. What up, folks? Another edition of The Edge here on this beautiful Thursday. We've got a good one on tap today. Two guests with us. Aaron Moore is going to join us in 15 minutes. Points for the weekly contributor, professor of sports media over at Ryder University. Got a lot to discuss in terms of MLB awards. We're a great piece that's up on the website right now, vcin.com, that you can take a look at. Oh, he and I also share a little, some thoughts for one NL MVP candidate. He's got a little bit of a better number than I do, but uh, Santos, Aaron Moore, in on the uh, – in on the Manny Machado train for the San Diego Padres. We'll talk about that much more with Aaron. And then Adam Hill, Las Vegas View Journal, one of my uh, fellow colleagues down here at uh, Las Vegas over at the ESPN affiliate. We're going to discuss a little bit at the Raiders release schedule and some AFC West stuff because uh, Adam's got some pretty good observations on the release lines from stations. It's also schedule release day, so we're going to keep an eye on any leaks that come out as the day begins. But we go back to last night because we had quite the evening in the NBA. Uh, that includes a massive and historic loss for the Golden State Warriors, which we'll get to momentarily. But we begin with the Milwaukee Bucks, who – I thought really looked like I hate the cliche stuff and I hate like stuff that's not based in, I don't hate stuff that's not based in numbers and analytics and sound logic, but still the only thing I think you could take away from yesterday, as I said, was the Bucks looked like a team that had won a title before and they know what to do in situations like this. 110 to 107, the final score, the Milwaukee Bucks go into Boston, take that game last night. They now hold a 3-2 series lead as they go back to Milwaukee to potentially close this out. They close as four-and-a-half-point underdogs to get the outright win. Game goes over the total as well. But the performance down the stretch from Drew Holiday, who had another pretty poor game offensively, 9-24 from the floor, shot the ball well, 4-7 from three-point range, very big shot down the stretch, had eight assists uh, to help things out there, and did score 24 points. But what a meltdown from the Boston Celtics. And how about this? This is from Mike Adams, who did a great job breaking this down. Celtics led 93-79 to in this game. From that point on, the Bucs outscored them 31-14, to had seven offensive rebounds to the one for the Boston Celtics, had seven defensive rebounds to the four for the Boston Celtics, assist-to-turnover ratio for the Bucs, seven to two, and then two to four, for the Boston Celtics, offensive rating of 163.2 and an offensive rating of 77.8 down the stretch for the Boston Celtics. Now, let's do some really quick math here. So, 163.2 minus 77.8. Uh, my thing's not firing. That's a really big net rating over that <laughs> over the close of that game for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think there's a lot to point to here, man. A lot 
to point to for this loss for the Boston Celtics. But you go down the stretch, and I'm going to let Ime Udoka talk about this because this was a game in which Boston, I think, outplayed them for a majority of this one. As Udoka says it, we outplayed them for three quarters of this game. You keep your heads up and just show our character. Uh, we made it tougher on ourselves now, and this will make it even sweeter. Uh, show our character, show our resolve, and uh, know we missed a golden opportunity, but for three and a half quarters, outplayed them. Uh, got a little stagnant at the end offensively and, and gave up some big threes late. But overall, uh, a game that shouldn't have been that close. But here's the thing that kind of worries you about getting a little stagnant offensively late. Again, an offensive rating of 77.8 from the point when you were up 93 to 79 to the end of the game. Remember, that was a problem for Boston in the regular season. I keep going back to this. You know, they started the season 18 to 21. And remember, and I'll remember this fondly because I was on in on the game. I was on the Celtics. That game against the New York Knicks, it was one of consecutive games against the Knicks the beginning of the year. I probably should say it's more like December or so. But regardless, they lead by about 18 points in that game. They blow it. R.J. Barrett hits a game-winning three to win that for New York. It was just like a microcosm of the problems that had plagued Boston. In clutch minutes, their offense tended to bog down. Some of that was game plan. Some of that was execution. But I thought yesterday a big chunk of it, too, was game plan. The final two, think about the final two possessions for the Boston Celtics yesterday. It is Marcus Smart getting blocked on the baseline by Drew Holiday, and it is Marcus Smart getting stripped with less than four seconds left to go by Drew Holiday. The common thread, there's two of them. One, Drew Holiday. The other is Marcus Smart. Last time I checked, Jason Tatum is probably the best player on this team. I'm, I'm going to say probably, um, but he is. He is the best player on this team. It is Tatum, I think at least, who should be closing these games out, who should have the ball in his hands. And Smart as well missed a golden opportunity on that final possession where he doesn't see Jason Tatum streaking on the right sideline, wide open to potentially get a shot, or at least a better attempt in the non-attempt that was because he got stripped. We'll hear from Smart here who talked about what happened on the last play. And what did you see on that last play, too? Um, it looked like he had the open lane to the hoop, and then Drew kind of cut you off there. Did you even see him in your line of vision on the way to the hoop? No, I didn't see him. It wasn't. Um, the play was actually JT was supposed to come up and get it, but everybody was just standing around. Um, and, you know, we had no timeouts, and it was a five-second count on the way. So, you know, I just got open, tried to make a play. Drew did a good job of, you know, helping. Um, that's it. Made a good play. And that's the block by Tatum, by the way, excuse me, by uh, Drew Holiday that he's talking about on the baseline. Uh, that was the uh, pretty much the last attempt, the game-winning attempt for them because they didn't get a shot off near the end. But I think it was just – it's obviously a really disappointing result for the Boston Celtics. And I think it's more disappointing because it does smack of some of the previous issues they've had in the regular season before they started to really take off. And, of course, at the beginning of the 2022 calendar year, looked like one of the best teams in the NBA. So now, of course, as we know, you hit the road. We'll see what you could do on the way, or excuse me, in Milwaukee. You performed relatively well in the two games that were there. Uh, and thank you, by the way. I appreciate the, uh, the shout here. January 6th and 8th versus uh, the New York Knicks. Uh, those were the uh, dates that I was talking about. That's from Ian McDonald, a, uh, a listener. And I'll call contributor to the program. But still, this is why I think you're a little eh, worried about the Celtics as you move into an elimination game. Those offensive issues were a part of this team at the beginning of the year. Those don't just go away. In fact, I think it almost works against them that they were so good near the end of the year because there were not a lot of close games and not a lot of clutch minutes played for this team near the end of the calendar season. So uh, as we move forward, Milwaukee opens up one-and-a-half-point favorite at home, total of 212. It's right in line with where game four closed. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. I'm also very intrigued by um, – so for the last two games for this series, I used it for best bets yesterday, betting these games over the total. And if you look at some of the shot quality metrics over these last couple of games, we talked about them yesterday, uh, that these were uh, a little bit more higher scoring affairs than the first few. Um, it, the first two games were actually pretty pretty bad rock, uh, rock fights. But starting on that Saturday affair last Saturday, these have kind of taken a little bit more of a different shape, a little bit quicker up and down the floor, uh, better shot quality, just missed shots, especially on Saturday. Well, these last two games have gone over the total, and we've seen the market again respond here for this uh, game in Milwaukee already. Again, the opener, 212, uh, down to as low as 210.5, and, and that would be at Circa or where that total is. So we be interested to see where this game ends up when they meet again on Friday in terms of a, uh, from a total standpoint. But we have plenty of time to break that down. You see the numbers there. These are courtesy of vcin.com. You go to vcin.com slash odds slash NBA. You can get all your odds up there. So we had that result yesterday. 
And then we get whatever the hell happened in the late game between Memphis and Golden State. Uh, a lot of people got to turn in early if you're an NBA fan. Final score here, Memphis 134, Golden State 95. Uh, the, the entire fourth quarter considered garbage time because the Warriors just came out sloppy, poor, and ultimately just get housed by the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies, by the way, got to be feeling pretty, I wouldn't say down, but you got to feel like, man, we could be back in Golden State with a 3-2 lead as opposed to the other way around had we just closed that game out the other night. But this from ESPN Stats and Info. Grizzlies winning by 39 points without John Morant playing. Tied for the largest win by a team when their all-star from that season does not play in NBA postseason history. Memphis now 21-6 and when Morant does not play this season. And I don't want to take anything away from the um, – from the Memphis Grizzlies, because I think the way that they have been playing defensively in this series has been fantastic, specifically the last two games, right? And I thought that this was going to be a, a relatively quicker series for the Golden State Warriors when it began. I was like six, leaning toward five. Uh, ultimately, of course, not the case as we are sitting right now. But if you're looking at the way the Golden State played in this game, and I thought Chuck Barkley had a really good comment during the halftime uh, show for TNT, which was, you're not turning it over this much. And you're not, getting, you're not giving up these many offensive rebounds because you're bad. You're doing this because you don't care, because you're lackadaisical, because you lack some sort of fire. You're very nonchalant, cavalier with the way that you're playing. And I would agree with that sentiment for the most part. Some of those turnovers you watched yesterday were maddening, made you pull your hair if you were backing the Golden State Warriors. And the thing is, kind of likening it to what's going on with Boston in these end-of-game scenarios – this is what this team was in the regular season. This is the team that finished 29th in offensive turnover rate this year. It's a team that's been very sloppy with the ball all season long. Turnovers have been one of their biggest issues in the regular season. And now you come into a series like this and a game like that where a team like Memphis wants to force turnovers, wants to grab offensive rebounds, and specifically with those turnovers, get out and run and score easy buckets off of said turnovers. And it's exactly what they did yesterday. It's just – I'm. I still think, obviously, with a 3-2 lead, and they're in the driver's seat, the more probabilistic outcome is the Golden State Warriors winning this series. But I go back to that series with the Nuggets, where they were consistently getting off the slow starts. And part of me was just like, ah, you know what, Curry's coming off the bench. He's not healthy. Uh, the slow starts make sense. And they've been coming back at the end of these second quarters because that's when Curry would insert these death lineups. But now we're kind of seeing that these slow starts, it's not just because Curry's not coming off the bench because he's not coming off the bench anymore. It's just what this Golden State Warriors team, and it's why, like, they're a good team, and it obviously wouldn't be surprising if they win an NBA title, but why I've always just been kind of hesitant in looking at this team and thinking that this is, they, this is the team that I want to pick to win an NBA Finals because they've just done this weird lackadaisical thing this entire season, and some teams are going to make you pay for it, and the Memphis Grizzlies have. So you go back to what we're going to see for Game 6 back at Golden State, 8.5 the number with a total of 217.5, slightly off from the open, what we saw for game four, and remember that one got up to 10 and a half and the Grizzlies covered the entire way, would expect, and we've seen some shops like Circa is the lone eight right now on the screen that I've got up on VEASAN.com NBA odds page. I would expect that the Memphis Grizzlies are the side to back here and that the market will head in that direction. You just can't do it with the Golden State Warriors, given what we've seen from them in every single one of these games, save for game three, where they came out and set a postseason record for efficiency. All right, we'll get back to the NBA because we get two games later tonight. We'll do those as part of Best Bets. On the other side, we'll switch gears to Major League Baseball. Aaron Moore is going to join us, sports media professor at Ryder University and Points Red Weekly contributor. Let's talk about some Major League Baseball awards and specifically how to approach them at this point of the season. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Spring Special is here for only $59. You're going to get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months, filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vcin.com. Adam Burke has daily Major League Baseball best bets. I've got best bets in the NBA through the finals. Andy McNeil breaks down all the action on the ice through the Stanley Cup playoffs, plus lots of NFL preseason coverage, not to mention best bets and articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full vcin experience, check it out, vcin.com slash spring. You can be a subscriber through July 31st. The cost is only $59. One of those fantastic premium articles that you can find up on the website. Headline, My Approach to Betting Major League Baseball Awards Futures. Aaron Moore, who joins us now to discuss his article and how these uh, MLB awards are going to shape up as we are through May 12th. Aaron, good to talk to you, man. I appreciate some time. Uh, so let's start with this because I, I thought w- the way you broke down your article was, was awesome. And, and I think the first point that you make in this thing in terms of being aware of the favorites. Walk our, walk our viewers and listeners through this because I think this applies to pretty much all of the awards markets, not just one specific one. Well, thanks for having me, JVT. And it's one of the areas of looking at the futures market, the awards market, the handicapping of it. And you look at all the major sports. We have these preseason conversations. Who's the best player? Who's the MVP? We're going to gravitate towards those famous names, those big-name marquee players. And that's what the books are doing, and they're making the favorites a very low price. But if you look at the NBA, if you look at the NFL, and what I write about in the article is what's probably going to happen in the NHL, the favorites are not winning these awards. And I think that's one of the main points, particularly betters in new markets, have to really understand why someone is the favorite. The books are going to put in Otani, in this case, the American League MVP. They're going to put him as a favorite because so many people know his name. So many new bettors out there are going to say, oh, well, I guess he's the best person for this award. I'm just going to randomly put a couple bucks on him. So I think for bettors, you have to handicap more than just look at the favorites. And as I like to say, the favorites are there for a reason, and that really is the books limiting their liability. So as you kind of – we spin this forward here and we look at a market like an MVP, for example, um, I, one of the bets that I made, and I was we were deeming about this earlier, about a week and a half ago was Manny Machado at about – I got him at 20 to 1 to win this thing because it seemed like the market was a little slow on realizing the start that this guy had, and I think he'd be one of those really good contenders for this award. You had a term for him too, by the way, that you used when we were DMing. What was that? And walk us through – a guy like Machado to win MVP. Sure, and and I totally agree that, you know, right here we are in May. Boy, I really hope Manny Machado wins the award. Right Right. now he looks like he should win the award, but obviously we have a few months from now. But the way I look at Machado and the way I talk about the futures market is we have to have an anchor bet. I want to have a bet right now on a player, and here JBT is the distinction, that I think can win the award, not that I hope can win Mm -hmm. the award. So I want to have this anchor bet in my portfolio that definitely has an odds cushion to it. I don't want single digits at this point, 
where I can watch the season unfold and assume that he is going to stay in that position. Machado's had some injury histories in the injury history in the past, but he looks solid. He looks like the MVP. And as the season progresses, there might be others in there. There might be other candidates that, as you said, the books might be slow to. There we add. We add to this Machado bet that where you got him in that 20 to 25 ballpark, all of a sudden we have an anchor to our portfolio, and it allows us to make bets as we move forward. It, would you say that there is like an anchor candidate over in the AL? Because the AL seems like to me when I was looking around, there's like there's a lot of noise in the AL market, if I could put it that way. Like there's a lot of guys I think you could look at this and say, I think this guy could win this award, specifically of the top four candidates, Otani, Trout, Guerrero Jr., and Judge. Yeah, I think at this point, Otani, you just can't play him. He's like yep. plus 210, something in that ballpark. And what I write about in the article is, geez, I want to back Aaron Judge. He's eight and a half in that ballpark, but it's Aaron Judge. There is a guy who has tremendous injury history. And as I said, if I want an anchor bet, I, I want some. I want some odds that look good. And there's five or six players in the American League that could be that player. A Buxton at ten to one, twelve to one, but it's still Buxton, someone with yep. an injury history. I think if you're going to have an anchor bet, it's either got to be Mike Trout, 4-1, to though, is pushing that to a tremendous limit. Or I think Ramirez at 12-1, to 13-1, is one of those wiser bets to make. Now, I still think Trout or Otani probably has a better chance to win it than Ramirez, but let's say I get Ramirez now at 13-1, to and then a month from now, I readjust with Trout. Maybe Otani picks it up. So that anchor bet, you got to have some odds that allow you to hedge moving forward. So now we go from uh, from MVP in both leagues to Cy Young. And I talk about noise in an AL MVP market. I mean, there's a lot of pitchers and there's a lot of guys who are candidates to win an award like this. So how do you kind of sort through, as you put it in the article, the crowd of pitchers that you're going to be looking at? And I, as I write in the article, it's easier. I think all of us could look at it, regardless of our choice. It's easier to look at the field and say, I don't want that guy. I yeah. certainly don't want that guy, and I know why I don't want that guy. It's a lot easier to do that than say, I want this particular player. And Verlander is now a very short favorite. And one of the other things I like to look at when we handicap the futures market is narrative. And there is a guy, if by some chance he can stay healthy, what a tremendous narrative, what a tremendous story media outlets are going to go to as the season progresses. Coming back from Tommy John history, uh, has Cy Young's. He's playing with the Astros who are going to compete. There's a lot working in Verlander's favor. But from a betting standpoint, I don't like the odds this far out from October and it's just he's a little too risky in terms of this injury that he certainly looks at, he's looking at now uh, like he's past it. So for my play in the American League, and I think it's starting to get a lot of steam, is Dylan Cease. He is, once again, someone, do we expect him to win or do we hope he can win? In this case, Cease looks like someone who can certainly win the American League Cy Young Award. Uh, how, when you're looking at these, how, how much do the analytics play into it for you? Because I was, we were talking about this yesterday on the show. Like You can make the argument when you look at Otani's underlying numbers. He's actually a better pitcher this year than he was last year, but you're only getting about 10 to 1 in the Cy Young market for him. As good as he is, I feel like I want more there with Otani in terms of a pitching award as opposed to the MVP. Absolutely, and it's something I wrote about in the preseason for Point Spread Weekly as well. That 25 to 1, okay, I'm going to take a chance on Otani. Obviously, he's going to get a lot of attention. What a tremendous talent. So he has that working in his favor. Now, once again, here we are in May, 10 to 1. All of a sudden, we're going to look at other players and say, geez, I think we can make a case for them. And to go back to your original question, JBT, how much do we put into analytics? One of the things that I like to say is you have to look at who the voters are going to take, who the voters like. And a lot of times narrative plays a role in that. If we have to spend our time arguing, debating, saying my guy has these advanced metrics, my guy has those advanced metrics, you don't know if the voters, being the media uh, members, they go that deep. So I think a lot of times with the pitching awards, we want those sexy 
whip, we want the ERA, we want the innings pitched, we want the strikeouts. Those still hold a tremendous amount of weight. Yep, uh, and trust me, I've been there, Aaron. I had a uh, had a three hundred to one ticket on Jaron Jackson Jr. in the NBA to win Defensive Player of the Year. It got down to eighteen to one. It was a great position, but uh, I was in the case. Like, look at all these numbers. You got to look at it. In reality, I was a guy that was uh, first bursting onto the scene, at least in terms of a top tier defender in the NBA, and obviously uh, didn't win. All right, let's go to Rookie of the Year really quickly before we get you out of here. We got about ninety seconds left. Uh, walk us through this market here uh, because it does look at this time right now. Say a Suzuki of the Cubs is one that is running away with it uh, over in the National League. Yeah, and running away with it, by far, does that mean you do not need to vote on him? Or excuse me, to bet on him. Minus 130, minus 140, there's so much more baseball left. that I look at that and I I scan the odds boards on a daily basis, and I see Suzuki minus 130, and I say to myself, who's betting that right now? It's just not a sound bet. There's very likely going to be a number of other candidates that come in there. And I think one of the odds adjustments and one of the things to keep your eye on, particularly with the Rookie of the Year because it's so volatile, is odds adjustment. The Padres just sent down C.J. Abrams. He's at 30-1 to right now. There's nothing holding him back from doing well at AAA for the next two or three weeks and coming back. We've seen different Rookie of the Years play up and down, not start the season in the major leagues. So I think for Rookie of the Year, more than anything, you need odds because it is highly, highly speculative. Aaron Morgan, Portsmouth Weekly contributor, public relation prof up on Twitter. Aaron, it was an awesome article, and thank you very much for the time, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, JVT. Thanks for having me, and good luck to you. You got it. Thank you, man. You too. Again, vcin.com. You can check out the article in its entirety. Didn't really cover all the bases there. My approach to betting Major League Baseball futures up by Aaron Morgan. All the more reason to check it out as a subscriber of the Sid. All right, we'll come back. Adam Hill, the Las Vegas Review, uh, Review Journal is going to join us. We do have lines for every single Raiders game, so we'll get his thoughts because uh, he made a pretty interesting observation about the power rating of a team that's got a new quarterback in the AL West. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. You tired? You need a fresh start? A lasting change? Take the Zen 10 Challenge, switch up the way that you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths. Zen nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today. ZYN.com slash 10. That's ZYN.com slash 10. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, let's um, let's flip this. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA. Let's get to um, a little bit in terms of best bets. We'll, we'll talk about more about this too at the end of the show. But we do have two games later tonight in the association: Miami and Philadelphia, Phoenix and Dallas. And uh, the one that I'm the most interested in uh, would totally be Phoenix and Dallas uh, because Miami and Philadelphia has let me down to a certain extent. Uh, but let's talk about this for a second because the Suns now a two point favorite on the road, total of two eleven and a half. If you remember what happened on Sunday when these two teams met in Dallas, uh, the market was all over Phoenix, and the market seems to be on Phoenix pretty hard here today too. Pushing this, though, Sunday all the way up to three, and it seemed a little strong, and we saw what happened on Sunday. Dallas, which covers wire-to-wire, wins the game outright against the Phoenix Suns. So now we're back here, and we're a point off where the market closed on Sunday, and I do think that... You know, if you look at this just from where the market's been here in Phoenix, I get it. They're they're three into they're, they've covered three games, all three of them coming at home, and the three results are somewhat lopsided. Specifically, two of them are pretty lopsided uh, because they failed to cover game one by about a point. And I can kind of under you can understand, right? You can see the path where the market goes in terms of Phoenix is the better team here. Let's bet them. But I've got some problems with the way that this has kind of gone for the Phoenix Suns. Namely, if you look at some underlying factors for him. Let's talk about what's transpired on the road up to this point for the Phoenix Suns, though. First off, the mid-range shooting for him. It's a team that loves to shoot from mid-range. They build their house offensively from that area of the floor. And in the home games, it's been absolutely fantastic. 54.5% on mid-range attempts, every single one of them. 59.5% on long twos, which is a ridiculous rate. Uh, to shoot long twos and hit 60% of them is uh, egregious. Uh, it, it smacks in the face of, of math. Um, 
but the accuracy disappears in Dallas. You look at the two games in Dallas, 31.7% on mid-range attempts, 35.3% from those area of the floor. Shot quality data, too, would tell you that those figures, in terms of what they shot on the road, were actually pretty accurate. If you look at the shot quality scores for both of those games, they were dead on in terms of the final points scored. Suns didn't lose anything in terms of shot quality in that game. So you kind of look at this overall, and you look at some of the other numbers behind this, and you realize that despite the big surges from Phoenix at home, it's actually been the Mavericks who have been the most consistent team from a shot quality standpoint, from an offensive rating standpoint. And while it's, it's great that the Phoenix Suns at home outscored the Dallas Mavericks by 19.8 points per 100 possessions, you can totally look at a couple of those games, one of them uh, actually by shot quality standards, the Mavericks should have won if they actually shoot a league average on those attempts. And they've been really consistent offensively. And they have, I think, the more realistic game plan from an offensive standpoint. A lot of the offense from Luka Doncic and the Mavericks has been get to the painted area of the floor, kick it out to open shooters or finish, uh, but namely use dribble penetration to kick out the shooters and go from there, right? That is a big part of what they've been able to do in this series. It was a big reason why in games three and four they were able to win it and shoot at such a high rate, specifically game four. Game three didn't really shoot that well. Because they can do that. They can get the Suns into rotations. They can hit open shots. It's been a big weapon for them. And I think that, to me, is the more consistent offensive game plan for them. The Suns have clearly shown now that, one, on the road in this series, they have kind of struggled. But, two, that mid-range shooting can be somewhat fickle from time to time. It's why, as a team, you don't want to build your offense around that area of the floor. And, yes, it works for a team like the Phoenix Suns because they have elite mid-range guys. But at the end of the day, we've seen how inconsistent it can be, especially against a Dallas team that is pretty sound defensively for the most part, and especially when it comes to guarding the three-point line, which the Suns have been a little inconsistent in terms of three-point shooting in this series as well. So it kind of brings you to where you're at here today. Again, look at, the, look at the wide variety of numbers we've seen for this series when it comes to playing in Dallas. Game three, the Suns go off as a one-point underdog in that game. Game four, the Mavericks go off as a three-point underdog. And here we are for game six, the Mavericks are catching two. And if you're doing this swing back to home court, well, then you're talking about the Suns laying eight at home against the Dallas Mavericks. And I just feel like that's just kind of strong here for Phoenix from a power rating perspective, from what we've seen from the Mavericks as well, especially how they performed at home. So uh, I was in on Dallas here today catching two points. Uh, we're starting to see some of those twos disappear. Uh, one and a half at the Westgate, one and a half at BetMGM, one and a half at the Golden Nugget. We'll see where the rest of the market goes. I think Josh refers to this Josh Applebaum as a line freeze, right? Because we haven't really moved off of two in any way whatsoever in this game. Uh, but do think the Dow- I'll go to war with the Dallas Mavericks tonight. I do think it's a spot to back them, and I do think the market's gotten a little bit wrong here in terms of pricing the Phoenix Suns so high. I think it's been pretty clear that these two teams aren't that different in terms of where they're at. Now, I will say this too, by the way. The total opened up 214 at some spots, came crashing down, down to about 211.5. This has been a series that is correlated to the side. Mavericks want this to be, you know, right, kind of gum it up a little bit, make it a little bit lower scoring, slower as well, play more half court, uh, don't get out and run as much the Dallas Mavericks do, and that has kind of held true up to this point in this series. So I'll lean to the under, but the play is going to be for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, the other game, we get Phoenix, or excuse me, Phoenix, uh, the other PH team. Philadelphia 76ers at home against the Miami Heat. Sixers holding steady is about a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The total has been what's moved here, and it continues to drop. Opened up 208, now down to as low as 206 in a couple of shops right now. And for both of these series, if we have learned anything, if you want to go with trends, which it's actually it, I am, it seems, going with the trend, um, but this is not the reason why. Home teams in both of these series, you combine it, a 10-0 straight up and against the spread. Uh, each team has held serve at home, both against the spread and straight up. And if it follows that trend, then we're going to get the same game seven between these two. So you ask yourself, did anything change in the last game, specifically for, if we're talking about Miami and Philadelphia, for either team that would make you think that the result's going to be different. That Miami's not going to go on the road here and shoot poorly because this has been wild. If you look at some of the numbers in terms of just, again, we talk about like shot quality, but Philadelphia, for example, 21.2% on wide open three-point attempts in Miami, but 40.9% in the two games at home. 22.2% for Miami on wide open attempts on the road, but 47.5% in the three games at home. So this has been a really extreme series in terms of role players doing their job, playing much better in the friendly confines of their own arena, all of those things. But I do think 
that if you look at this from the standpoint of what changed, Miami did make a really vital change in Game 5 that gave them this 3-2 series lead. It's pointed out by Dan Devine over at the Ringer, and of course he it cited some of these spe- uh, second spectrum numbers. Jimmy Butler took on Tyrese Maxey defensively. And it was a really big change, Game 5. Maxey was guarded by Butler for 37 plays in half-court settings in Game 5, produced exactly zero points or assists, and that's according to Devine's article, and also via second spectrum. And that changes everything, right? Because if Tyrese Maxey, who I'm sorry, he is their second-best player at this point right now, yay for James Harden for coming through in the clutch in Game 4, but he hasn't been their second-best player. It has been Tyrese Maxey. So if you can cut off the scoring valve that is Tyrese Maxey for the Philadelphia 76ers, well, all of a sudden, you need James Harden to show up. And the James Harden that showed up the other night scored 14 points on 5 of 13 shooting from the floor and only had four assists. So you would assume that you're going to bring this game plan of Jimmy Butler not guarding a Tobias Harris as much and more you know, guarding Tyrese Maxey, and you maybe get a similar defensive performance from the Miami Heat in this game six to end this series. Now, I will say this. From a side perspective, didn't have anything here. But I am interested in this total continuing to drop. Again, if you look at this, I talked about the shooting on wide open attempts and how for both teams it's been wildly inconsistent, specifically on the road. But I do think there's a really strong case to be made here that maybe the total's getting a little too low. Like for Miami, for example, again, going back to shooting 47.5% on wide open threes in that game back in South Beach. Well, if that kind of carries over and all of a sudden you start to hit your open shots, you could totally make a case, and if Philadelphia shoots better at home, which they have been, you can make a case for this being a higher-scoring game as opposed to one that's going to go under a point total of 206. That's a really low-scoring affair. And we saw yesterday, too, market really bought into the game being an under for, Miami, or for, excuse me, for Milwaukee and Boston, and that game went over. And you see again here market really buying in on this series, being lower-scoring and going under, but I, I – For me, I just can't shake the feeling that I kind of want to play this over the total. I haven't yet, and I'm not a really big totals better either, so my feeling on totals is always somewhat shaky, my belief in what I feel with some of these totals. But if you're asking me what the play is here, it wouldn't be from a side perspective. It would be to bet this thing over the total because I do believe we have a lot of evidence that would tell you that this is going to be a higher-scoring affair. And by the way, this is the lowest total of the series, too. So you can make that, as we talked about with that Boston and the Milwaukee series yesterday. You saw the total slowly go down, and now we've had the last two games go over. You can make another case here. As these totals continue to kind of fall here, maybe you're at a point where there's actually some value on betting this thing uh, over. All right, when we come back, we got, we got a hold of the celebrity that is Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. We'll talk to him about that schedule release for the Raiders, uh, what he believes he's seen about the Denver Broncos, because we do this every year. We talked about this with Matt. You know, the team that makes the big addition in the offseason, their power rating skyrockets, and sometimes it's just a little too high. Maybe the market's just a little too low on Las Vegas. We'll discuss that more when we come back. This is. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get your edge this playoff season with the Body Armor Edge Basketball Throwdown. Join four free Fantasy Hoops contests and play for your share of $20,000 in total cash prizes while the action unfolds on the court. Head to DraftKings.com slash Body Armor Edge now to draft your best lineup and find out if you'll outlast the competition. Body Armor, more than a sports drink, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply to DraftKings.com for details. All right, Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review-Journal is here with us now. We're going to talk about... This Raiders schedule, the early line, some of the takeaways here. But we've got so we've got breaking news, and I've got a topic that is not sports related. So Adam, I will let you go for. I'll let you pick. The breaking news does have to do with uh, an opponent of the Las Vegas Raiders that they see regularly, or we can go the off-brand topic first. I would think that my bosses want the breaking news, so you please save my career and make the choice for me. Uh, go Jerry Judy. Why not? Yeah. All right. Denver Broncos receiver Jerry Judy has been arrested for those who do not know. Um, so we will see what is going to transpire and come from this. Some of the details, and this is from the, uh, I think I'm pronouncing this correctly, Arapo Sheriff County uh, deputies. Oh, come on. John, it's Arapahoe. Arapahoe. Okay, thank you. Um, I was yeah. going to make a joke, but no. All right, professional football player Jerry <laughs> Judy has been arrested. Uh, he's being held at the Arapahoe County Jail on charges of second-degree uh, criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer, a misdemeanor, uh, no bond hold, and as they don't know, innocent until proven guilty. Also have details on what that exactly means. So we don't know what this means, obviously. He's being arrested. It has to do with the Denver Broncos. But I will say this, Adam, to kind of tie in um, what you made an observation of. The Broncos are obviously a very sexy team coming into the season with everything they did with Russell Wilson. I tend to think that usually teams like this get power rated eh, a little too high, a little too big for their britches. And you and I talked about this on uh, ESPN Las Vegas out here on these airwaves. You noticed that maybe stations power rate them a little bit higher than you thought, right? Yeah, just because, you know, if you look at how stations put out all the Raiders lines for the year, uh, they have the Broncos as slightly bigger favorites. Uh, over the Raiders and the Chargers are at their home game, and the Broncos are, I believe, a one-point favorite over the Raiders at home, and the Chargers uh, in, at Allegiant Stadium, and the Chargers, I think, are getting one and a half. So uh, it would suggest that the Broncos are a little bit higher rated in the power ratings, at least according to one book. Now, not a whole lot. I mean, the difference between you know plus one and minus one and a half, or you know minus one plus one and a half, whatever it is, is not massive. Uh, but I thought that was the one thing that stood out to me of, of stations putting up all those numbers uh, was that the Broncos clearly, in their mind, seem to be a little bit higher power rated than the Chargers, which is a little bit weird. I also thought it was kind of weird that it seems that the Raiders, it's not that their power rating is like low specifically, uh, but there are some instances, right, like the home game against the Indianapolis Colts. And then we're referring to, by the way, again, Station Casinos released odds for every single Raiders game. We don't know what the schedule is going to be specifically. We do know the opponents. Uh, but you look at some of those numbers, Adam, a one-point underdog at home to the Indianapolis Colts, a two-and-a-half-point home underdog to the San Francisco 49ers. It does seem pretty surprising that for a team that added Devontae Adams that's got stable quarterback play, they seem a little low in terms of the power rating by the station's odds makers at least, no? Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought so. And I know Raiders fans were uh, certainly upset that the Raiders only favored in six games uh, on the schedule, and their win total is eight and a half. And um, you know that can be explained a little bit by the fact that there are so many games that are toss ups. I think like eight or nine games between you know plus three, minus three, something along those lines. So uh, a lot of really close games on the schedule. Uh, only favored six times. There's one pick'em spot uh, against the Patriots, uh, which I would imagine is going to be a uh, prime time game, and so we'll see how that affects the line potentially. Uh, but you know, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of games where it's it's really a toss up. But I do think you can read into it and say 
you know, the Raiders, despite all the changes that they made, uh, they're not seen as world beaters or anything like that, but they should be competitive in most of their games. And if you look, they have the tied for the seventh hardest schedule based on win percentage from last year. And that makes a lot of sense. The division is loaded. I mean, you got six games uh, right there that are going to be tough because the division is so good. Uh, then you look around, uh, some of the key, you know, teams that are playing outside the division are, are really good as well. So, uh, not an easy schedule for the Raiders, and that's reflected, but most of the games are very much in that winnable range. So when you looked over the schedule with the lines, were there any specific ones that, that stuck out to you, either from a value standpoint or uh, a number that seemed off to you at all? Uh, a little bit. I, mean, I, I actually did look, look at that Broncos game and say getting points at home, I think the Raiders are probably in a fairly decent spot uh, there. I thought of several of the home games I thought were very low uh, in terms of, of what the lines are uh, for the Raiders. You know, I, I, I look at them, I'm really interested in that Colts game uh, against your your beloved Colts, yeah. John. Um, I think the Colts are really good, uh, but I think that's a tough trip for them to come out uh, to, to Vegas. I think that's a, uh, you know, a pretty tough spot. And I think, look, they're laying, the Raiders are laying a significant amount of points against the Jaguars, and I don't think the Jaguars are going to be horrific anymore. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's the uh, humans and I talked about that. That seemed pretty strong. Like when you're talking about seven and a half, uh, like the the key yeah. number and the hook uh, for a team that you would think is improved. It, it's weird. It, not to, this is not a criticism of stations, but it did seem like some of the numbers, like there there were some varying, like there's some varying opinions almost to a certain extent, right? Like seven and a half, highly power rated over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe they just don't think anything of Jacksonville. But then, like you mentioned, catching points at home in certain situations. Now, let me ask you this: one team that you and I have discussed, uh, especially last year and in the past, the San Francisco 49ers, and I know you like Shanahan. What do you make of them? Because that was one to me that stuck out. To me, I called it a, a line that seems to be more reminiscent of teams of past, uh, more so than a team that we might see put together this year for San Francisco. Like, I'm not sure if you make San Francisco a favorite on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I thought that was a little, a little bit surprising, too. But again, we don't know... Um, a lot of factors. I mean, one right. thing to keep in mind, John, and before I even go to that, is like, how are this? How is the schedule going to play out? Like, let's say, just for example, just throwing this out there hypothetically, that the Jaguars game is the second half of two East Coast games for the Raiders. Right. Like, how how could that potentially change things? Um, again, hypothetically. Uh, but but you know, with the Forty ers I think you're right. I think you you don't know a whole lot about. First of all, you don't know anything about Trey Lance, and will he be the starting quarterback? Like I. I think that's what they want, but for right now, like they still have that kind of albatross of, of Garoppolo hanging over everything. So, um, how does that play out, and how does he? How is he uh, on the field? I mean, these reports are coming out that they don't love him, that they're not, you know, blown away by him as a quarterback, and that's part of why they haven't made moves. But you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be, so it's tough to say. All right, we got four. We got three and a half minutes left. Let's go break some news. What's the schedule? You know it. Give us something. No comment, Jeff. Okay, all right, whatever. All right, now for the for the good topic before we get you out of here, this was posed up on social media, and I would be remiss if I did not mention this to you and get your thoughts about this, Adam Hill. Uh, this is from Kelly Bidlin, one of our producers. Uh, primetime action AP, uh, Wyatt Tomchek, decided to send his mother straight cash for Mother's Day via Venmo. Do you approve or disapprove? Well, I mean, I approve. Now, I know that I am very, very much in the minority on this one. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people that agree with me. Uh, but look, who? First of all, who cares how you know? Who cares how like gifts are given now? Like it's a whole new era. I, I understand. Like I get why people aren't going to like this. I get why it's not personal. All of those things. But there's no better gift than cash. First of all. Um. It's. I'm not a much of a gift giver anyway. You know my thoughts on that because, like, I just think you're you're telling somebody, hey, you have to give me a gift now too. Mother's Day is a little bit different. Um, like, you should give your mom something no matter what. But what? Like, you you're not going to pick out something that your mom likes. She's going to pretend that she likes it and say, oh, this is great. Oh, this this photo of us from when we when you were a kid, framed on, on the beach. That's lovely. No, that's not what they want. But get them cash. Let them get what they want. And yes, I understand you'd probably want to deliver it to them and put in a car and that sort of thing. But no, uh, I say just send the Venmo. You're giving it to them the most efficient way possible. 
why not? Uh, I can burn a whole show on this, uh, as you know, but I will say I actually wholeheartedly agree. And as I told Wyatt up on Twitter, he got her exactly what she wanted because she'll get whatever she wants with the cash. Adam Hill, Las Vegas View Journal. Thanks for sticking around, man. Appreciate it. You got it. Uh, All right, really quickly, last 90 before we get out of here, best bets and a recap of what happened yesterday. Celtics and Bucks, that game goes over the total. Yeah, I thought this thing was going to die. It was like a 100, it was like a 105 to 100, and I think it was less than a minute left to go, and it looked like the Celtics were going to take the air out of the ball because I thought they were actually going to hold on to the lead. They don't. Uh, so the game goes over the total there. Play for today, yeah, Mavericks catching two against the Suns. Talked about this game, and I think that is going to be um, a a fruitful side, obviously, because I took the side. So, And uh, going back very quickly, because I think there is a lot of criticism of one Wyatt, uh, I agree. I think that's the way to go. Venmo, you know what? And here's the thing that you guys are missing downstairs, too, criticizing Wyatt. You can write a personal message on Venmo. So he maybe could have, uh, you know, told his mother how much he loved her. And to Adam's point, I once got my mom because she was, like, a big fan of, like, this weird author back in the day. So for Mother's Day when I was, like, 10, I got her a book from the same author. I was like, dude, I've knocked this out of the park. She never read it. And, in fact, I watched her throw it away one day, like, years later. And I was, I was uh, heartbroken, dejected. Uh, I'll never do it again. Not never buy my mom a gift again, but you know what I mean. All right. Uh, we're all done. Go to vcin.com slash podcast. Hit up the show if you want as well up on Twitter. Vcin live at me, JVT. Uh, and, of course, any of your favorite shows are up there too, but would always stress as well. Got a lot of great writers up on that website. Aaron Moore joined us earlier today. Has a great piece up there. Uh, Adam Burke and, of course, Andy McNeil and myself. Check all of those out. We've got plenty to offer for you. My Guys in the Desert coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.